Crow Talk. Crow Talk. Crow Talk. Film, Film Squawk. Squawk. High Life. Directed and co-written by Claire Denis. 2018. A failed experiment leaves a father and daughter stranded in deep space. Hi, Cassidy. Hi, Rochelle. Hi, Stacy. Hi, Rochelle. And Cassidy. And Stacy. Hello. 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 So we just watched High Life, didn't we? We did. Sure did. We have some yays. And we have some nays. Sure do. Mm-hmm. You betcha. Mm-hmm. Give them to me. Okay. My yay, I'll go, is that I feel like this was the most realistic depiction of how human beings would act in deep space that I've ever seen. Whoa. My yay is the commentary on human connection and sex. My yay is the conversation this film encourages around consent. And my nay is that there are not nearly enough films that focus on consent. Love it. I love it. My nay would be some clunky exposition. My nay is also part of my yay, and it's that this film is very visceral due to the sexual content. But that also leads to the realism, in my opinion. So who has seen a Claire Denis film before this? Not I. Not I. Not I. More freshies. Yeah, our first Denis. Well, she's made 13 films in French, and this, High Life, was her first English language film. I found it fascinating that the original script ended up being 30 pages long. What? And it was more about makes sense, the, the space... Mm-hmm. Not space, space, but the environment and what should be happening in the setup. And a lot of the dialogue was figured out on set. Wow. Which is a, like a violent shift from what it could have been when Zadie Smith was attached to mm-hmm. writing mm-hmm. on this piece. But Smith and Denis had radically different opinions about the film and as Denis puts it, life, that they're living different, radically mm. different lives, different perceptions of the world and different perceptions of life. Um, yeah, I was wondering what those creative differences were. Maybe it stems from that. Well, uh, and I, what I read is that uh, Smith wanted to have everyone return home and wanted it, mm-hmm. yeah, wanted a different title. Oh, I do remember reading that. Man, I did not read about any of these creative differences. What well, was, was I reading? It was early on, I guess, just because mm-hmm. uh, Denise has been working on this, what, 15 years? Yeah, 15 and years. some of it's based off of a short that she had worked on, too, I read, or at least, like, the final scene. I think it was a fashion video. Was it? Louis Vuitton. Oh. Again, what was I reading? Was I even reading? I was, like, sleeping. And she had a conversation <laughs> with someone discussing how the only film that she'd ever write about them or direct about them would be them in deep space. It would be the only way that she'd access that character mm. um, or explore, explore that character. Uh, and so, obviously, that Smith's participation did not come to fruition, and instead, Denis partnered with one of her longtime co-writers and, and an additional writer, uh, did not change the title, uh, titled High for Space and Life for the Child that Juliette Binoche's Dr. Dibbs is obsessed with creating, 
But also, I didn't know, of course I didn't know, <laughs> but high life means white life oh. in African culture. Mm. And I haven't put all of that together, uh, mm. but that that's a that's a piece, a nugget that I read about that I'm hoping is accurate. Mm. Wow. And in, in previous work, uh, I guess Denis has focused on colonialism and post-colonial, mm. post-colonialism themes in West Africa specifically, as well as more modern, hard realities for French culture. And I, I found definite shadows and critiques of that for what seems like more of an American culture that's being represented in space on this spaceship with these prisoners hurtling through the deep darkness. At the speed of light? 99 point, or like 90% speed of light. 90% speed of light. 99.32% Did you Did you also um, consider or pick up on those the commentary on society as well as... I mean, I definitely thought more just about incarceration um, than any like, well, not to say any colonialism or like white privilege themes necessarily. Yeah, to me, it was more about like what it's like to actually be imprisoned. And the fact that they're in deep space just highlights that in such a exaggerated way. And exaggerated isn't even the right word. Uh, I think it just sheds severe light potentially on incarceration and the hopelessness of what it would be like to have a life sentence in prison. So that was, that was the theme I was drawing on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, just the super animalistic human theme of, you know, that all pathways to hell are paved with good intentions sort of thing. Like um, it kind of reminded me of um, it comes at night where it's also like a single location film and everyone has their best intentions. Everyone has their best intentions throughout the film to survive and work as a team and it all falls apart. Sorry, spoiler alert about that (laughs) film. Um, So yeah, it was just very human to me as far as just being like so isolated and then the way everything unfolds. When you look at the American prison system, I wonder what the percentage is of uh, black people to white people incarceration rates look like because this was more white people and they were all very specifically American to me. Like Julia Binoche, I don't recall her having a French or speaking in her voice, you know, in her French accent. accent. So I wonder, that seems intentional given that she's a French director and has never done an English-speaking film before, that feels intentional, and I wonder if that's connected to depictions of incarceration, specifically American ones, in this future world. I'm also curious how many of the passengers had begun their time in prison in juvenile detention, as Monty did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't get a lot of information, really, at all. We get Monty and Dibs, Dr. Dibs, but, and we note that Monty, uh, Robert Pattinson, and Dr. Dibbs, Juliette Binoche's characters, both murdered people. Mm-hmm. Robert murdered uh, a young girl when he was a young boy over a dog. Mm-hmm. And 
Juliet's character murdered her children by smothering and stabbed her husband. So we know that they're going to jail for true crimes, Mm -hmm. those two at least. The one is far more extreme than the other. And Mm -hmm. I wonder about life sentences on children. Right. I've never heard of that before. That's intense. Yes. Especially we saw how old they were, how young they were. Yes. And so that's extreme. That's a clue into the society of this world. Mm-hmm. Is that a, That's an extreme retaliation. Yeah. And it shows that it definitely, that the world that we're operating in uh, has been making plans for some time. The ship that these prisoners are floating on is number seven. We eventually encounter number nine. It took me about halfway through the film to realize, oh my God, if that's number seven, that means there are a lot more of these ships and right. I wonder what's on those ships. But considering the amount of expertise and energy and money it takes to go to the moon, go go to closer, ah, relatively closer locations, and then to have multiple experiments in place simultaneously as like some sort of Hail Mary for the current society based on whatever is going on, uh, whether it's a global disaster or whether it's a social disaster, something morally driven, I'm not sure, but they've been planning it. They have been planning it for a while and that slowly, as almost everything in this film developed, slowly we came to realize that, or I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you don't even realize Robert Pattinson killed anyone until like the last quarter of the film. That was one of the last- the beginning, I thought he did. Well, yeah, there is that flashback. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The flashback when he's dropping the stone. And see, I did I miss it? Maybe I like did not. Well, that's connect him dropping the stone because I, I saw realize, the girl on yeah, the ground. Mm-hmm. I didn't but, realize it was a stone. <laughs> oh. I was must have been in a certain headspace, which lent itself to a wonderful viewing. But I thought he when he dropped the wrench, and then it goes to this flashback, and he drops something <sighs> into the well. I thought he was dropping his heart, like a beating it is heart. So weird that you say that, Rochelle, because I also thought it was an organ. Oh. It must have been red. Well, it must have been bloody from when it hit her in the head. Oh, that's what it was. And my partner let me know later that it was the rock, and of course that connects and that makes so much sense. But for me, it was it was the severity of the moment where you drop a tool that you'll never get back and have no hope of making and just the gravity the gravity of the situation that he's in and the Mm -hmm. dire nature of it is is what I read into it instead of it being a clue to his character a clue to his incarceration yeah I mean I I missed it too Rochelle and I wonder at that point my head was more into the deep space part of his journey you know, I wasn't as concerned for whatever reason that early on with the flashback because mm-hmm. um, I feel like I completely missed it. I definitely remember seeing the girl laying on the ground and the dead dog. And those are the visuals that are like jumping in mm-hmm. my memory. Um, but yeah, I think that quickly and slowly <laughs> at the same time, it's going to it's every single thing I say, it's going to be like in a moment over 100 years, I finally <laughs> it's all relative. came to time. see what Denis was creating for us by the time the title rolled. Oh my gosh. So much happened. So much wow. had happened. How much time had passed? Because I wish I knew. 10, I don't 15 know. minutes. 
Okay. Longer That's, than normal, but right. not as long as I felt or I just like, That's and I also didn't question it. I was like, mm-hmm. per- this is perfect. I was like, yes. Okay. For me, when I was watching it, my husband came in a bit later and he had asked, how long have you been watching this? And I said, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes. And then within seconds, the title (laughs) screen hit. And he was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) And so that was my experience with it. It, I don't know. I think, too, for me, with deep space movies, I feel so, like, suffocated from the beginning. Like, from the first scene where he was out fixing the prison box in space. (laughs) Yeah, I was instantly like, cool, I'm going to feel like I'm drowning for the rest of this film and like I can't breathe. So maybe that was something that was going on for me psychologically, but it seemed like so much time had passed by the title screen, by the time the title screen hit. Mm -hmm. Oh, I forgot about that. I loved that so much. Well, and a lot had to happen. I mean, you know, he had to huck those bodies. He had to come to an emotional understanding and make a big, a catalyst decision. Uh, that essentially what, I I don't know how much change would occur for him personally. Obviously, Willow, the little baby who survived, um, she was changing rapidly, Mm -hmm. as babies do, but I'm not sure how much it would change for him. So for him to come to the decision to cast off excess weight and send all of his shipmates, fellow prisoners, Uh, out into space i was also surprised he sent them out in their suits because what if his suit broke Mm -hmm. i I thought that that same thing because i felt like he was sending them out because the power kept going off and on Mm -hmm. and so he needed to cut power so it was was my real to it yeah it was it was a respectful i mean and his character was the most respectful aside from willow i feel throughout the entire film which is strange andre 2000 though Okay, Andre 3000. Yeah. Man, I wanted way more of him. I do appreciate the juxtaposition of the burial of the the bodies floating out in space when when the title rolled. It mm-hmm. was a beautiful title hit mm-hmm. for sure, and it pretty much slapped you in the face with the theme of the film. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that Monty, the character Monty, uh, was a sympathetic character, essentially. And I found his abstinence from social pressure, that was what really illuminated that that sensitivity or that thoughtfulness that, to me, set him apart from most of the other characters outside of Cherney, Andre Benjamin's character the greenhouse keeper, I I found Monty's restriction, restraint, compelling, considering how much they're all being restricted and restrained anyway. I guess my initial read was that he was exercising restraint, when actually in review, I'm able to look at it as his body autonomy and his the last thing that he had to control, the last thing that he could dictate, the last thing that was his in not donating sperm to then have Dr. Dibbs inseminate the female prisoners with, to not have sex, to not partake in the fuck box. Oh my God, the art house fuck box scene. Whoa. <laughs> that And it hit so early on too. That was another thing that 
threw me a little bit. It was a little bit of a curveball. Because I, I was definitely spoiled that that was going to be in the film. Mm. It had been a part of taglines and people's responses from festivals and things. And so I knew there was going to be some sort of metal dildo chair riding Juliette Binoche spectacular. Fantasizing about fucking a bull. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, Juliette. So, so I, there was, it was definitely spoiled for me. Uh, and I guess I thought that it would deplete the tension. But it really didn't. It really had no bearing on the tension for me. It was. It really ended up being character development. Oh yeah, you learn about her past mm-hmm. in that scene. Um, just even her scar mm-hmm. is illuminating. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. I, Which I was wondering if it was from another prisoner the whole time. I was like, mm-hmm. why is no one trying to kill her? I definitely connected C sections at first. It made me think mm-hmm. of like children but the way that it was angled but then she also mentions that she tried to kill herself later on in the film she stabs herself in the belly which makes sense given Mm -hmm. her past um i also found monty's celibacy and his whole attitude towards sex very compelling as well um but when you think about his life he's probably never known anything else I mean, since he's grown up in the prison, the prison system, presumably, um, since being a young since child, being a kid, like he never, um, Cherny's character had a child. Right. He had a life before life. this, mm-hmm. and so the stakes are completely different. Mm-hmm. Whereas Monty is just doing what he grew up knowing. That was it. That's a really great point. Yeah, I do wonder if it's touching on how we restrict growth. I do think that's part of it because a lot of what I kept going back to is the thought of how by the end of the film, Monty, for all intents and purposes, if he ever needed it or not, is fully rehabilitated. He, not only in the entire time he's with the rest of his shipmates, is he able to be restrained um, and shows no inclination to kill anyone Definitely an inclination to protect. But by the end, he is able to fully raise a child who knows love and in her own system, her own socialization, normalcy. So much so that she doesn't want to encounter other people because he has created a space where she is thriving. And He is for her and she is for him. I mean, I mm-hmm. think that's where he finally found like the tenderness of love in his life. I mean, and I was able to really empathize there in my imagination of being in deep space and like, oh, my God, if you had a baby up there right. and that was your only life form to attach to, like, could you imagine mm-hmm. that all you would want to do is make sure the baby stayed alive and that it felt safe in this, like, very dire situation? Absolutely. And I also love that they explored with Monty his mental health and how at times he wanted to drown that baby. Oh my gosh. I really appreciated the truthfulness because I could I could definitely see that being a reaction when you're alone and you're doing it all alone and nothing is easy and nothing's given to you. Whether like there are a lot of lives out there that have to traverse life in this way and I mine is just not that. I'm very privileged and so I could very much identify with with 
the severity of that reaction. Totally. I feel like I've talked to parents who have that reaction and they're not lost in space. I mean, <laughs> Pete Holmes talks about that in a stand-up, I think, where he's like, when you're at the hospital, all of the nurses are like, don't shake the baby. Don't shake the baby. And then you get home and you're going to want to shake that baby. Shake baby. <laughs> but I loved that because, yes, his he fixes the dolly's arm. He mm-hmm. he makes the food, you know. But he, I'm sure that keeps him sane, too. Yeah. It's some normalcy and, you know, a remnant of life on earth mm-hmm. that he can attain where literally death is at his doorstep. And there's no there's no purpose really for life. Life is just about getting through 24 hours because they're not going home. Everyone's probably dead already, which they explained early on, right? which really messed me up. Yeah. Really messed me up after viewing it when I, when I started to think about it, think about it. Um, because what is the point? Right. What is the point? That is still something that stresses me out <laughs> about the film but how they was, got this long they he, got that far he was able to find peace in the present moment i mean maybe that's the point like there's it's pointless <laughs> we're all just observers here mm-hmm. and what else can we do and i wonder if if he had stayed in society if ultimately society was the problem for this character if you his absence of, from society and society's absence from him, if that is what gave him the opportunity to become a fully formed individual, I don't know what it would be like. Obviously, we have no idea. If he had stayed in society, had gotten out of the system, mm-hmm. it calls so much into question. You know, is, is prison reforming people or is it keeping them from the worst poisons of society? Mm-hmm. If everyone is dead on Earth and in the universe, in our solar system, then and you're alive out somewhere else, what is life? Mm-hmm. If you're sent to space because it's you're avoiding a death sentence or a life sentence, what's different about where they were than death row? For Monty, it's the baby gave him purpose, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Well, and then for the people on Earth... They're out of sight, out of mind. It's no longer a problem. It's a big problem for us now because we're confronted with it all the time. But it's very convenient to just ship our problems away. Mm-hmm. Which we've only been doing for, like, centuries. Only, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's another reason why I really appreciated uh, Andre's character. Because it brought... He was the only element of connection to Earth that I felt. Mm-hmm. He was the only connection because um, I didn't feel much hope in the film. Outside of Dr. Dibbs's hope of creating something perfect after destroying so much. I felt hope when Willow prayed at the end because she wanted to know what it felt like. Just because she was exploring? Yeah. And she'd seen someone else do it, and was like, "I just want to know what it feels like for no other, yeah, for no other reason." Mm -hmm. That felt like a very human moment. I guess everything else for me was so animalistic, and like the doctor was just so animalistic. There was just so many bodily fluids everywhere, (laughs) and like even the way that she would touch her patients and stuff, there was like an interesting tenderness to it. 
They were all like very, very close in the strangest way I've ever seen depicted on film. Even the way like when she was putting the speculum in the women and and, um, evaluating them and examining them, like the way that she would touch their legs and stuff was almost sexual in itself. Mm -hmm. Well, she was a predator. She's a rapist. I'm ready to talk about that when you two are. Well, and when, while reading, Claire Denis made it clear that this film is not about sex. This film is about sexuality Mm. because sexuality is all about fluids and desire. Mm -hmm. And it helped me hone in on my reading of the film because it is so violent Mm -hmm. in its uh, address of sex that it never really sat well with me considering it as sex because no one has sex in the film. Mm-hmm. No one has sex. Yeah, I agree completely. Right? No, no, you don't yeah. ever see a, any of the prisoners having sex with one another. You see all that in- intimacy, all that tenderness, all mm-hmm. the sexuality. You see masturbation for pills for a reward. You see a fuck box and you mm-hmm. see rape. And you see douching too. You do. Mm-hmm. For what purpose, too? I'm, to get the sperm out of her because she didn't want to mm-hmm. be pregnant. I didn't even, you see her lactating. I didn't even see. Well, and I well, loved that. that mm-hmm. like, but I didn't even see. I didn't even see her be inseminated to then douche. I was like, that's, are you douching for That's what I'm assuming. Sex? I was trying to figure it out, and mm-hmm. I just never saw it. And so the I, fact that they, too, like the women didn't ever have bras on, you know, and that mm-hmm. they would just squat in a corner with each other and, like, douche their vaginas out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just so I can just see that happening in deep space. If you got to that point of hopelessness, fertility was another word that came to my mind, and the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these ideas around sexuality—that's really helpful to think about it in that way because that goes back a little bit to my yay, the conversation between human connection and sex mm-hmm. was a huge theme. I felt in the film, or that's what I was left with, um, and and how we need human connection in order to become sane. But the creators of this project felt that the inmates needed sex because they put all this money into creating a sex room, right? Right. Like that takes resources, and that's that's a plan, that's mm-hmm. intention, um, and so. I, I'm still kind of formulating my thoughts around that. Yeah, and I, I, I pick up on that as well, and especially reproduction as a social construct, but also as a necessity for survival. But they, Earth could not have expected that these nine-plus boxes out in the universe were going to populate Earth. I don't understand how that would, with 10 inmates or however many in each ship, whether they're dogs or humans or whatever, they could not have imagined that they would that they would repopulate the earth. I know they didn't expect them to be gone as long as they were, but reproduction was so enormous in the film itself, I think specifically because of how long they were gone and because of Dibs, because of her obsession with her choices and needing to make a change before she ultimately commits jumps out the airlock Mm -hmm. she dies by suicide Mm -hmm. i mean it was a suicide mission they all knew that from the beginning essentially i think they all i think they all knew it from the beginning because they had no other choice other than to go to death row 
on earth. Mm-hmm. So it's essentially death row by suicide. And and the way I read it was that it, these people were slaves to government. And so they never, ever expected them to come back. They wanted to see if reproduction in space would work. So then the population of earth would leave in a very different capacity was my read on the reproductive elements of it. And then Juliette Binoche's obsession with I think having another baby even though it was not going to be hers kind of just made the whole thing twisted hey that's my read as well I read then uh an article that said that they were supposed to be gone for eight years Mm -hmm. and I the only reason why I hold on to that is just because of how often Boyce Mia Goth's character Mia played Sarah in Suspiria Boyce keeps saying, they lied to us, they lied to us, they lied to us. And I could never quite figure out what they lied about. Because um, time is moving differently for people on Earth than it would for them. So they may be gone for eight years, but when they come back, it's many, many more years on Earth. So they say, I think that's what she's talking about, is that they didn't actually clarify that while it might be eight years for you, it could be decades and decades and decades for people here on earth which makes sense i think they had been already gone longer than eight years when we Mm -hmm. got to them because of how long i I think dibs's hair was i think it was marker for time Mm -hmm. oh i thought they'd only been gone three by the time that we first check in with them maybe yeah and it was seven when he was with baby Mm. i believe i don't know Mm -hmm. and so then another 12 on top of that because she specifically gets her period Mm -hmm. or is having her period Mm mm-hmm there's not even a conversation. It's just how it is. Mm-hmm. And even the way Willow shows up for like the first time she's on screen, it's like, oh, I don't remember that inmate. It's worth watching many, 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 many times. times. The first time is one time is not enough to watch this film at all. Though I will say I will probably never watch this <laughs> film again. <laughs> the pacing I ha- and I mean, Deep Space is hard. Like, I think that's a hard storyline in any film, even if it's a more higher intensity, high action film (laughs) for pacing. I feel Mm -hmm. like that's a very challenging storyline to pursue. I always have a hard time with just because of the anxiety. It could be my own anxiety, but uh, yeah, I I love to complain about pacing in these podcasts. I'm always like the pacing. (laughs) Well, and I think how slow it moved made the rape that much more difficult because it all moved so quickly. Mm-hmm. I had such a hard time during when Mia Goth's character yeah. was getting raped. Like I almost started crying, which I haven't ever really had that strong of a reaction to a rape scene before. And I'm not sure if it's because they were all tied yeah, down and no one could help they were her. Tied down. And and leading into it, that same character was like masturbating, watching Juliet mm-hmm. Binoche's character. Yes. Um, so the perversion for his character in my mm-hmm. mind had already been heightened a little bit. Yeah. Well, but his character and Dr. Dibbs were the only ones that we saw use the fuck box. Yeah. Maybe that Which is interesting. And, and then the masturbating when he was watching mm-hmm. her and the inmate that died of a stroke. Mm-hmm. And he, I believe, was the first inmate we saw pass over his specimen for a pill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a really hard time with that rape scene. And then it was so interesting juxtaposed next to... Robert Pattinson's rape scene. Mm-hmm. While he's asleep because Dibs yeah. drugged the water. Yeah. Which and is still just as twisted oh, in yeah. its own way. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just 
the juxtaposition of how that one seemed, and it, it was not, but seemed gentler than the aggression of the first rape. Especially with him, you know, purposefully maintaining celibacy. And then she's literally only did it to then squat down and collect his semen as it flows down her thighs so that then she can go in and rape Boyce while Mm -hmm. she's asleep by inserting a tube to put the semen up inside of her and inseminate her. Mm -hmm. And that she doesn't know. She thinks that the baby was from the rape. She doesn't know, and she dies never knowing. And he, oh, he does know. That's right. She tells him before she dies. Yeah. I also feel that Willow looked like Juliet Binoche's character, and I find that interesting given that he is so specific about her not looking anything like her mother. Oh, I had not thought of that. Yeah. She asks questions like, do my eyes look like her? Does my nose? Does my mouth? And he's like, no, 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 no. And then she's like, am I funny looking? Yeah. So I thought that was interesting, and I don't really know what that means and if that's just me connecting things that don't need to be connected. My husband kept doing that. Hmm. He kept saying, Juliet Binoche is the mom. She looks just like Juliet Binoche. But I know she was wasn't. Like, she had a plastic because, pussy. Right. And then Mia Goth was lactate. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. it was Mia Goth's child. but well, She definitely birthed the child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did. There's just no way that the egg would have been implanted. Yeah, exactly. But it is a quandary. It is. And maybe, maybe Monty's fervent nose was more of how much joy... Willow had brought his life and how he maybe wanted to distance her from that past. But I really don't know. That's a reach. Mm -hmm. Or just to protect her from feeling Mm -hmm. desperate. That she'll never know the face of her mother. Mm -hmm. She'll never ever see the face of a living woman. Mm -hmm. Ever. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe. but It's very Adam and Eve. Yeah. You know? Oh, wow. It made me think of Adam and Eve a lot, those two. Well, and there, there was some... There was some commentary online about incest, though I don't think it's because of the vibes that they were getting based off of the film, but thinking practically about what would happen in that situation for Mm, people. Like when Mm. she's lying in his bed. Right, and how that's still sexualized. Um, But that's that's not their dynamic, but it was a comment online. And I think it's either a very perverted comment or a very practical comment. I think, yeah, it's both. I mean, I mean, she's, she is going through her sexual awakening and the only person around is her dad. So uh, it's very natural. Mm-hmm. It's totally natural. I don't find it perverted. I find it perverted to think that that's perverted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, but I see the practice, if somebody is really, I guess the way I could see it is if somebody is very deep into sci-fi themes, you know, thinking about reproducing human beings in deep space. Mm-hmm. Though, again, they're hurtling towards a black hole. So I didn't read any sexualization at all into their relationship other than father-daughter, just tenderness. Mm-hmm. What do we think of the ending? I'm yes. hurtling toward this black hole. The giver ending. What happened? Yeah, I don't know. Do you want a fun fact about it? It was the only scene that was filmed mm. on film. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. To achieve that color. really yellow hue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. 
I mean, I hope that they went to another plane of consciousness and that they survived and they become Adam and Eve somewhere else. Um, but I don't know. At but least their heads didn't explode. At least their heads didn't explode that we saw. Well, especially <laughs> after Denise spent so much direct photography focused on Pattinson's skull. I'm oh glad we didn't gosh. have to then watch it explode because that would have be been quite full circle. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's an impossible answer. Yeah, it's, it's the ultimate. We don't know. I feel like I normally don't like an open ending, but with this movie, I had no problem with it at all. Like, yeah, whatever happened, happened. <laughs> Go towards the yellow line. I think that that's why I w really enjoyed it and was so affected by the final song, mm. the song Willow by the Tinder Sticks, mm -hmm. featuring Robert Pattinson. I know. I knew it was him when I heard it. Immediately started singing. I'm like, that's Robert Pattinson. Um, we have to wait until the credits go to the very end so I can see it. And my partner's like, okay. I'm like, but it's him. I know it's him. It, <laughs> it was. But beyond that, it that is especially for my partner, it was his favorite piece. It really brought it full circle for him. Was especially the the I believe the chorus that says, Willow, are we rushing forward? Are we standing still? It's sort of the question, what what is life? What is life? Mm-hmm. Mm. Like you said before, Stacy, what's the point? Yeah. At least he had someone to ask that too. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And she wanted the question. Mm -hmm. And she said, let's go. Oh, goosebumps. Denny did do a wonderful job holding both of those things throughout the entire film, oscillating mm -hmm. between the two. Like there is purpose. Mm -hmm. And this is completely pointless. Mm -hmm. Which makes you think about sex again and human connection. You know, the not saying that going into a fuck box is meaningless. Maybe that has a lot of meaning for someone, but just such a stark difference between these people who are using this as a tool to maybe hold on to their humanity and they're they all lost it. And I think that that's something that I'll take away. The idea that we're all just bodies in space no matter how much we trump it up. I like what you were both saying about the, the nothingness and the purposefulness being simultaneous. And though I, I love science and I'm an enormous advocate for science, in my experience, that's, that's what science is because it's continually changing. And it's continually learning more and things become completely obsolete very quickly because of what we learn and because of how further out our minds go. And that's what I think I appreciated so much and will take away from High Life is all of the questions that Denis inspires, which for me is, is true art and true science because we don't have the answers. So we must continue to ask, we must continue to make. It's endless. My takeaway will be an existential crisis as soon as this podcast is wrapped up. <laughs> <laughs> I think what you just said about creating is pretty key because that does make sense to me as far as why moving, why we move forward at all, whether we're here on earth or lost in space, we create. And he had Willow 
his creation. And they were going to evolve to the next step, whether that was death or seeing what's on the other side of a black hole. Yeah, finding hope in a hopeless situation would be my takeaway. I wonder how many of Denise's films carry that. Mm-hmm. Hope in a hopeless situation. Call to arms. Yeah. So now we should all go see some more Denis. I'm going to take please. a couple months before I watch any more Denis. <laughs> Ruminate Cassie's on this for a watch while. It tonight. I'm going to go breathe into a paper bag. <laughs> hey, at least we live on Earth, even though maybe it's kind of a ship. Oh my it's a gosh. box hurtling in space. I, mean, I said I love the ground like five times at least. <laughs> but you're actually hurtling around in space. But on the, the ground. Okay. Like... <laughs> It's all relative. Feet on the ground. It is all relative. Do you have a paper bag? (laughs) No, I'll borrow yours after your time. This has been a Talking to Crows production. 